welcome back to episode 93 of the Hops and Hops podcast. I am Future Tom, and we have found Mike. We brought him back from the dead. Uh, Thank you for having me guest appear back <laughs> on uh, my podcast that I am part of. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you back. It's been a, it's been a couple months, you know, just yeah. scheduling things. You know, it's the summer; everyone gets a little busy, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, wrapping up the end of the work season, I guess I can call it, was. Uh, a little bit more hectic this year than years past so the last few months became very very uh mm-hmm. just busy yeah, it's all right it happens but you know what tom just took over and crushed it I, I kept i kept chugging he did he did we uh we, we appreciate that um anyway we're gonna be talking about some music today we're gonna be talking about some beer of course because that's how that's how we do it here um the album we're doing is good kid mad city by kendrick lamar um another kendrick album poem actually have the vinyl i left it on the ground this is actually the deluxe it's not the the actual version um yeah you said they have two different covers right yeah this one is just like the 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 van that he talks about in the song like his mom's car um and the actual one is just like him as a baby with three other people in the room but they're all eyes are blacked out um gotcha so that's the base one, just me talking about the straight up one. Although the, the deluxe is pretty good. There's a couple of good songs on it, but um, we're going to be drinking alongside. We're drinking Evil Orange Cat. It's a collaboration beer between uh, Fat Orange Cat and Evil Twin, which are two breweries that we love on the podcast. So um, it is a 9% West Coast style India Pale Ale. Um, I chose it just because a the, the collaboration. We, we really like talking about these breweries and it's a West Coast style and Kendrick's from the west coast so it makes sense um so these are a little bit old they're canned about late march and it is now early july um but yeah it's fine so uh let's try them out cheers yep definitely a little piney yeah um i gotta say not as boozy as i expected yeah uh, at, for nine percent and being an imperial, because um, it is an imperial or double IPA, um, especially being 9%. Also, West Coast kind of has that hoppier, piney flavor. That combination a lot of times gives that boozier, stronger, like, taste that I'm always not always, like, prone to loving. Um, but I will say that that is actually a bit smoother. I'm also, I, don't, I hate to say it, but I'm also wondering if the fact that it's a little bit, like, older maybe took a little bit of that bite away maybe i know we had it um like a month or so ago um i gave you one at the lake so i I bought four of them also very expensive for a four pack of these i think they're like 25 bucks for a four pack something like that yeah collab or something like that yeah maybe just because it's a higher percentage i'm not sure yeah i don't know yeah i don't know but it's it's pretty good i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i yeah i i did notice like you said um it tasted a little bit better the first time i had it yeah so i don't want to i don't want to use the word flat because you know it's not like a soda that gets flat but flat as in like the flavors aren't really jumping out as much they're a little Um, muted yeah that's a good term muted i like that thank you thank you all right just because (laughs) uh, but i I can agree i think that might have a little bit to do with it like you said it was canned in late march try to especially some of these stronger beers have them within the first 30 to 60 days so that puts us right around the like mayish area yeah definitely see the difference and then 
you know, we did have it back in probably May. Yeah, probably around there. Around there. So we had it kind of right in its wheelhouse and it was a little bit stronger, had a little more bite, mm -hmm. but um, definitely not the worst. I, yeah. I mean, better than I expected for a double. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, it's a dry hop with, I believe it's Amarillo and Simcoe, which are kind of some of the big players. Um, I don't know if they're specifically like West coast style hops. I don't know if that's in intentional or not, but, um, could be, um, I'm, you know, hops is in, is in the title of the podcast, but I really don't know too much about hops. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, Joe usually knows a little more about that. He is a hoppy man also in, in, in kind of the same situation, but I am reading some reviews on it. And a lot of people are saying that it's, um, <clears throat> it's got a, let's see, smell of orange, grapefruit, pineapple, a little bit of toffee and caramel. I think that's kind of the West coast side of things. Gives you that like piney kind of flavor, um, little tropical fruit with the piney taste, kind of a combination. Um, I can taste all of that yeah. when, I'm, when I'm doing it, but as, as we stated, excuse me, I think we're just a little bit past that prime. So we're not getting the punch of those flavors that we would have gotten. And I don't think this is something we're going to find again. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's even, if they're even being canned anymore, but. This kind of, this kind of collaboration to me looks like a, I don't want to say a one and done necessarily, but a limited, like, unless it really blew up, they're probably not going to have it again. Well, I don't think they're going to have this specific one, but I think I could be wrong, but I think they're doing collaborations with other beers. Yeah. Well, Fat um, Orange Cat, the, the entire concept of that brewery was very strange. Mm -hmm. um, I know Joe Sod is a big fan of, but you know, the Baby Kittens is like his favorite IPA. I think he gave it a 10, right? All I believe so. Days. Yeah. You know, and um, so. <laughs> hey, Mikey. Joining us. So um, the whole concept was really strange. Their brewery was, um, you know, kind of outside at someone's house um, because it was it was residential. They could only do like half pours, so you got little tokens for these like little what were they were eight ounce beers or something mm -hmm. like that, which was a little strange. But whatever, the beers were okay. They had a lot of like jalapeno beers and things that were very very out there. Um, but because of parking and stuff, like you couldn't do live music, you couldn't do games. Um, um, so again, it was just an interesting take on a brewery being in a residential place. And then all of a sudden, I think they shut that down. Yeah. And now they're just strictly out of, uh, some little local shop in East Hampton. I guess they kind of, I don't know if they brew, but they, they, uh, sell their beer there. And then now it looks like, I don't know if they're permanently with 12% or only because of evil twin. So they, they've made a shift. That's just interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I've noticed they're a bit more commercial with like the releases of beers. I know at least that like the big Y or like other kinds of shopping places in Connecticut, you see baby kittens all over yes. the place, you know? So they have more product, but in, in a trade-off, they don't really have too much of a local brewery presence anymore. No, and I, and I kind of feel like, and this is, I mean, again, I don't go looking for their beer often. Um, I do like, the baby kittens i think it's a good ipa um but it's not one of my go-tos and i'm kind of noticing though too like that's the only one i see that that is, that is their flagship i don't and, know if i really yeah. see like a lot of variety from them mm -hmm. 
kind of interesting. Like they kind of hit it, the, the nail on the head with that. And they were just like, let's run with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of their stuff. They have like a seltzer out and they have other kind okay. of stuff. But I mean, if it ain't broke, also, don't fix it, I'm I guess. I'm also not looking that hard. They're no, not, no. They're not a go-to for me. You know, I don't, I don't look for that when I'm out. Mm-hmm. So, I but, mean, yeah, they, they do make good stuff though. I do enjoy a lot of what they put out, yeah, but it, the main, the main thing what you see is baby kitten. So, but it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Like we said, a little bit muted, but for what you, for what it was, I'm going to yeah. have that in, in my mind as well. It's, it's a very good beer, yeah. but also look at the can design too. Look, at, I, I really, you know, Joe and I are suckers for can designs. It's a, it's definitely like, what are you going to do with an evil or like an evil twin and a fat orange cat combined. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the best you could do is like the cat, like raising its paw. I think they're going for like the evil dead almost like those, those kind of parody movies that, yeah. you know, with it coming out of the grave and the, the kind of cartoonish comic-y kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The comic-y like lightning bolts yeah. coming down onto I feel it. Like 12% brews a lot of beers that or cans a lot of beers, I should say that um have really good labeling because they do all the abomination stuff yeah all the harvesters with the skulls and the farming and like i just always found that so cool um those got to be one of my favorite styles of cans yeah i was looking for like a uh credit as to who did it but it's not on the can it's probably on their their like instagram or something like that which we will tag later in the episode um but yeah it's good beer and also it's a good kid and a mad city so this is uh, the second album in Kendrick Lamar's discography called Good Kid, Mad City. Um, and I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, kind of our decisions for picking albums on the podcast. I really wanted to go in order for some artists, mm-hmm. some artists like Tyler, the creator. I kind of missed out on doing that just because the newest album came out and I wanted to talk about it. But when I bring you Kendrick, you know, I want to do it in order. And it just, it just so happened to play out that you missed the first one, but made it for the second one, but Joe is going to miss the second one, but eh, I think he listened to it anyway, so it should be fine. Um, So this is the first album that he really broke out onto the scene with, you know, obviously there was a couple songs from section 80 that kind of made it big, but this is the one that really pushed him into this, into the, uh, the mainstream. And it even won him four Grammys, including album of the year. So Yeah, it was in 2014, even though it came out in like late 2012, which doesn't really make sense. But um, yeah, it's I think it's very close to being a, like a perfect album. It's not a 10 for me, but um, he does have a 10 in his discography, but we'll get there later. Um, but just super dense, lyrical. Um, when I, I the, the, the year I, I don't know why I know this, but like the year I first started getting into like rap and hip hop was around 2013, kind of like right as I was getting into high school, yep. had a nice pair of over ear headphones and I just started to download a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, one of the ones that I first kind of gravitated towards was um, I believe it was swimming pools because um, there were five singles released for this. Okay. It was sw- swimming pools, backseat freestyle, poetic justice bitch don't kill my vibe and the recipe and the recipe is not actually on this album it's on the deluxe version of the album which i don't know why you would release it as a single that's interesting because we were just talking about that prior to the podcast i was trying to figure out where we were stopping because uh amazon automatically just gave me the deluxe Mm -hmm. and uh when you had said you know we stop at 
uh, 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 Compton. Dr. Dre on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Compton. And, and um, I was like, oh, okay, good. Because I'm on the recipe, which was the next one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The, the Deluxe does have some good songs. And I do think it is a one of the better Deluxe albums that we could have done. But just for the sake of time, I mean, it's an hour and 13 minute album anyways. And some of the, like, the remixes or whatever don't really add too much for me in terms I of feel like substance. Some of these deluxe albums are just like he had like five extra songs and they weren't the best. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're gonna throw them on anyway and call it deluxe. I'm just like, yo, you turn this album that's already an hour into an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that you know, that also does is it gets more streams for the other tracks on the album and kind of artificially bumps up those streaming numbers. It's definitely, I think like single wise i think it's he has some of his best songs are on this as a full album listen i do prefer his next album but we will get to that um but wow this album i wasn't around to listen to it like as a full album when it came out because i didn't really start listening to albums all the way through as like an art piece to like sometime late high school i don't really know uh but i do remember listening to the singles playing like call of duty or whatever the fuck i did in in high school you know um and there there are some really really good songs that i think maybe nostalgia wise stick to me a little bit more um but wow what what a sophomore release like it's it it, he really proved himself to be one of the 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 kings of the 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 hip-hop scene just in his second and only came out a year after section 80 came out this is only 2012 that that last one came out in 2011 so just in one year the improvement is by leaps and bounds you know yeah i mean i mean i listened when i was in high school and and in college i listened to like eminem and some like older rap stuff Mm -hmm. i didn't get into a lot of the newer stuff obviously we know from 92 episodes of this podcast that i'm more into the rock and metal side of things and classic rock and just you know now the reggae i've done a big big uh uh push on me yeah but um this came out my first year out of college i've been out of college for an entire year at this point um when this album actually a year and a half so i again hearing kendrick like singles and stuff you know knowing who he is from those big singles but but never this is my first kendrick front to back full album that i've ever listened to okay whole kind of different take and and when i listen to these albums you know, again, going back to my, if you're trying to talk about my rapper hip hop wheelhouse, realistically is like an Eminem, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, getting into like the Tupacs and stuff, which I thought was pretty interesting with the poetic justice. Um, I don't know if that did have Tupac take, I'm assuming it did, but um, yeah, you know, um, you know, the biggie and that kind of stuff. So it was definitely a, a a different album for me to kind of listen to and get a get a feel for yeah he um i and i i said this on the the section 80 uh review that we did but i think kendrick is one of probably my top three favorite artists of all time he's definitely up there um just so lyrically dense the way he crafts an album is just so different than any of his contemporaries mm-hmm. um even he he spent five years between the, the album he just put out in his last album yep. um and it's it's just not what i expected at all and i th- right now it's my album of the year for for this year you know i, I do i i do have my lists going no uh well no um the, the one he put out this year uh, it's called mr morale and the big steppers okay so that's good album. anyway i'm getting off track so 
Um, yes. So this was 2012. He was just kind of forming um, Top Dog Entertainment, um, which is his label. And um, he's now a part, he's now not a part of it anymore, but that's a whole different thing entirely. Um, in 2020, um, Rolling Stone kind of redid their greatest albums of all time list to include some more modern contemporary stuff. Uh, this album, out of 500 albums on that list, ranked at number 115. Oh, wow, that's high. I know. And, you know, it's it's barely, it's almost, well, in October, it will be out 10 years. And I think that's about as long as you can take to judge, like, if an album has, like, that classic status. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I think it has that classic status. It has. Really no. Like, it, like yeah. It well. Yeah, um, you know, you, you can play it on the radio right now. Yeah, you can play good. some of these songs on the radio, and they would fit right in. Um, yeah, which, which that actually, I didn't really make that connection that it was going to be ten years old. I, I kind of forget we're in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Jesus. Forget that I'm old. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> however, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it has it. It, it has aged well. Yeah. So, and I think there's a lot of cool different elements that play along in this album, you know, and then we can jump quickly into to some of the tracks. Um, it starts with Shireen, a.k.a. Master Splinter's Daughter. Um, I should have looked up why it's called Master Splinter's Daughter, but I can kind I of like assume the, why. I like the Ninja Turtle reference. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shireen is, is kind of the Big guy. Oh, that's right, yes. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Um, yeah, Shireen is kind of Kendrick's love interest throughout the whole thing. Um, okay. And, you know, it, it kind of portrays Kendrick in Compton as he's growing up, you know, and it's definitely not an easy place to grow up in. So he um, kind of finds this love interest and he takes his mom's car, which is what the cover is on the deluxe. That's the van that he took to go, you know, to her apartment and probably fuck her or whatever because he she was sending her pictures and like he in the, in the lyrics he's like i almost ran my front bumper into the car in front of me looking at these pictures um he, he met her at a house party that's like the first line of the song and um it all leads up to him like being super excited to go meet this girl finally and um he gets to the front door and there's two guys in hoodies and they're either in a gang trying to protect this girl because yeah. he knew they knew he was coming over or whatever it may be he said he you know he froze and his phone rang and then it's you know th th this whole level of like gang violence and kind of you know street language that you kind of have to understand and then inter interlaced with all these little audio snippets of you know either his friends talking or his his mom and dad um you know, talking about like, hey, where's my car? You said you'd be 15 minutes. I got to go get food stamps and all this other stuff. And then his, yeah. you can hear his dad talking in the background. He's like, where's my Domino's. goddamn Domino's? Those are actually his parents, by the way. That is his mom and his dad. I right, looked that up. That gives, in my opinion, a that puts a little more respect into those. I mean, I thought they were funny and I thought they were like clever. Um, but I thought they kind of dragged on a little bit. But the fact that they are his actual parents, mm -hmm. um, is, is definitely a plus for me yeah yeah um yeah that's one thing i wanted to touch on too is all these little like audio snippets they're pretty much like skits but they're attached to the main song yeah and yeah. you know maybe in terms of like a playlist vibe if you want to add a song like this onto there doesn't really 
fit in wise but if you're listening to the album it makes a lot of sense and i think that's kind of a cool addition i will say that that and again you're probably just after like the heart of eminem you know you're a little more with this like the kendrick and the the little more modern and i kind of was right before that with a little more eminem did the same thing with a lot of his Mm -hmm. albums so that was that was kind of a connection for me in terms of hip hop and everything, I was like, oh, he's got these little skits. They kind of bleed right out of the back end of one song and then the front end of another. They kind of bridge the gap, um, make that connection. Uh, so I definitely, you know, saw that, you know, familiarity mm-hmm. that I'm used to. Yeah. I mean, even like Kanye and stuff have done it, you know, to death yeah. on some of his earlier albums. And I think, you know, they have some of the better skits. Um, I can't really speak on Eminem because I haven't really listened to his albums fully to kind of get that feel. But I think on this album, some of the skits are really placed well. And the fact that they're integrated with the actual track and not like labeled as like mom or dad wants Domino skit, you know, that's like it's it's different in like the track listening. It kind of integrates them differently than, you know, oh, it's a skittle. Just skip it. And another really cool thing is that each skit plays so well into what the next track is going to be. So in this one, the very end of this track is like like the mom and dad, like no one wants to hear your stupid ass anyway. Actually, you know what? Turn up my oldies. I want to hear something else. And then it goes into bitch. Don't kill my vibe, which just sounds like a perfect West coast, like oldies, you know, R and B track. And it was a great, like I said, it was, it was a great connection between the father bitch and, you know, yeah. the music change and say, yeah. oh, you're killing my vibe. And now, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Yeah. Like, and, and you see that across the entire album. I think it's um on the end of this track where they say, you know, get your freestyles ready. And then it goes into backseat freestyle, you know, and that happens throughout the entire album. So I thought that was definitely a very, very interesting way to incorporate some of your uh, skits to make it seem more of like a full story. You know, this tells the story of Kendrick becoming a better person and not letting his surroundings change him you know it's it's kind of telling the story of nature instead of nurture you know it all depends on where you were upraised versus you know who did it and i think that's something i can i can definitely fuck with and agree with so um what else did i write um another thing i'll, I'll touch on very quickly uh the title of the album good kid mad city kind of plays into what I was just talking about as well. Um, you know, Kendrick, I think, is a good person at heart. And he talks about that a bit on the the beginning of the art of peer pressure. You know, like, I'm a good person, but when I'm with the homies, you know, and then it's different. Um, but Mad City, Mad is spelled M-A-A-D, and it's all in caps. Um, it actually stands for two different things. Uh, the Mad can either stand for My Angry Adolescence Divide, which is kind of neat, like him trying to decide, like, you know, when he's growing up what he wants to be what does he want to continue to be a gangbanger his entire career or go down this music road um but it also stands for my angels on angel dust um which he actually says in the song mad city which i thought was kind of interesting so the people that are watching over him or trying to be his saviors aren't aren't necessarily the people you want to be watching over you in the first place so a lot of really cool thematic elements to this album. That's why this album is just so lyrically dense. It's like an onion. You keep peeling back layers. Every time I listen to this album, you know, I hear something new for the first time. I catch a little like, oh, that's a that's a nice little like 
thematic bit or oh that's a cool musical element that i never really caught before so um that's part of why i love kendrick so much is that he has a lot of those elements to him yeah that's uh and i'm just right now because bitch don't kill by mind comes up next yep and, and that was a single and it's a it's a catchy song i love it very catchy song i actually very yeah that was probably my favorite song on the album mm-hmm. um but what I, it was the last single and you mentioned, you know, the recipe being a single, mm-hmm. also being a bonus track. It was the first single. Yeah, that was weird. That's str- that that just like really throws me off. And you know what's weirder too is that you know they'll have artists that will release singles after the album comes out. Yeah. And so this album came out October 20, 2012. Um, yeah. the only two singles that were released before the album were The Recipe and Swimming Pools. The other three were released after the album had come out. So Backseat Freestyle, Poetic Justice, and Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe came out in that order after the album had already come out. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird layout on on how they kind of handled that. Um, Yeah. But yeah, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. I mean, right there, that song coming in, uh, uh, just really, that's what what grabbed me and said, "Okay, right here's a song. This is the, yes. the song of the album." You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, that transition out of the little skit in between, uh, essentially flawless. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really great. Um, just that that the hook, the "I'm a sinner who's probably gonna sin again." It's just like, oh my god, it's so nice. Um, and his singing is relatively on point too. Like he's yeah. he's a he's a total package. You know, he he can do a little he, bit of everything. He reminds me of a less whiny little Wayne. I can see <laughs> like it. He has that nasally kind of like singing rapping voice, but it's not as nasally and whiny as little Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, much as you might not think it, like when I hear a little Wayne song, like I, I'm actually a fan of a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, he, he's good. Uh, he's might be one of the ugliest people I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and you know he definitely has a voice that you would ideally call annoying, but it, it works and it works for him. And and he does a lot of collabs with like uh, Eminem, and those songs are great. Um, I will say everything he did with Blink One Eighty Two. I don't know if you ever heard about that. Have you heard yeah. the song he did with Weezer? He he starts the song off like he he says he starts the song with like "Get ready, bitches!" It's it's Weezer and Wheezy. And I was like, oh okay, clever. Also, but- also here here's the beginning of every uh, every little Wayne song. <laughs> you ever notice that he does a little lighter flick? I was like, damn, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, no. I, bitch, don't kill my vibe was just fantastic. Great song. Yeah, if you if you hear this song and you're not like excited to hear the rest of the album, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't I don't get it. How do you how you don't listen to that and not just get super hype immediately? This is another one that I listened to when I was younger, and you know, get getting me more kills in Call of Duty. You know, um, yeah, like I mentioned before, you know, there what whatever his group of friends is, they they end it with get your freestyles ready, you know, and then. Now, I don't know if it's an actual freestyle or not, but 
whatever it's being painted as in this story it's yeah. it's meant to be a freestyle and you know it, it, the lyrics on it are just so ridiculous and and boisterous that it's probably meant to be that so yeah. um i just like to love this song the the production kendrick's you know raw energy on it is just so so powerful i pray my dick gets big as the eiffel tower so i can fuck the world for 72 hours it's like what yeah. how do you come up with that man <laughs> it's like it's it's almost like if you knew all the lyrics it's it, even if you know all the lyrics it's hard to rap along to just because he has yep. that kind of flow that it's 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 so personal and one of a kind yep. but um you know i listen i listen to all these singles like so many times that i almost could do that you know so um yeah uh, this I is the one like i said i listened to it back in april a little at the end of april we were going to do it we just kept getting backtracked and this was the song that just even when i listen to it today as a as a as kind of a touch-up or whatever you want to call it and uh boom. i was like this is the song you know yeah oh, God, this is so good and then i listened to um i i so when i i was i was driving the other day and i was like i should listen to this again um when i did it through siri like on my watch just because i don't want to like text and drive or whatever um, it automatically just plays the censored version. And the censored version of this song is so stupid. You know, like at the end, we're saying, biatch, okay, biatch, you know. So it goes, biow, no way, biow. <laughs> it's so weird. I hate censored stuff. It's it's so weird, but um, I just thought that was kind of a funny little tidbit. Um, but yeah, that that second little, you know, you know, that second wind he gets on the end of the track is is so cool. Um there's so like and I, I can go on and on about little intricate details every now and then but i think this one is like the most straightforward in yeah. terms of like the production and the lyricism um you know it just it's it's so great i really can't say too much more about it yeah this is the only one that doesn't really have an ending like interlude at the end mm -hmm. um but it, it, it goes into the art of peer pressure pretty quickly i think that's probably one of the better singles not not the art of freestyle or the not the art of peer pressure but backseat freestyle just because yeah, it doesn't like have the, that little bit i like the percussion yeah just the fact that it's got all these different kind of like you know it almost sounds like pots and pans but it's like yeah different, like yeah some kind of symbols yeah and everything yeah it's pretty cool yeah um, um yeah the art of peer pressure comes up after that um i in terms of the song itself not necessarily the strongest one but it's hard after just those that one two punch that, that that's delivered before this so i think the the better purpose of this song is just to have a bit of an exposition dump but in a good way yep. um you you'll get those later in the album that aren't as good and not in a good way but i think this is one of the better parts of the album that ex that explains a lot of the story behind everything yeah. and this has a little bit of a 90s feel to it for sure with kind of like that i don't even know what you want to call it but that synth that kind of just like has that two or three notes that it keeps holding and dropping yeah and almost like a like a g-funk style you know yeah yeah gives you like that 90s like tupac biggie kind of like airy feel yeah yeah um so the lyrics kind of go into why the album is called good kid mad city and the story behind it 
start mm-hmm. you know every he, he says everybody sit down and listen to a true motherfucking story from Kendrick Lamar and Rosecrans um so he says like smoking on the finest dope drink until I can't no more really I'm a sober soul but I'm with the homies right now so that group dynamic in these uh these places change so much about the person um he says really i'm a peacemaker you know he 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 has a good soul to him but you know his surroundings really change everything yep um so it kind of stays as that song for the first like minute and change um and then it goes into the story of him robbing a house that they've been camping outside of for a while um you know he's really hungry and he's got to do a whole bunch of different stuff but um it ends up with the someone being inside the house and then the cops being called on them and his mom calls him as they're running away and he's like yeah i just caught my first offense with the homies you know you know change his whole life you know if he got arrested for for theft but they ended up getting away from the cops and it changes everything so he has this huge life-changing event and then everyone just kind of plays it off like it's normal you know so you know in terms of the song itself like i said i don't know if i would listen to it all the way through every time um but i do understand its purpose in the grander scheme of the album makes sense no i I can agree with that it's it's a good part of the story it's kind of a boring song yeah you know it's it's you know five and a half minutes so and you know and all of his you know his friends are like you know at the very end they they have another uh exposition dump um they're like yeah well we'll we just gotta we'll plan our next move out you know do all this all this other, all this other stuff he's like gotta drop kendrick off at shireen's house because i'm only trying to fuck on shireen tonight <laughs> and um what do they say at the very very end hold on let me look at these lyrics yeah yeah he says get in the car we're gonna get active so now that they have all these, you know, plasma screens and Nintendos or whatever they have, it goes into money trees. So it's them trying to get some kind of money, get some quick cash in the easiest way they know how, which is just either stealing or whatever it is. So, um, and this is a great song too. I fucking love money trees. Yeah. Money trees is good. It's, it's catchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got a great hook to it too. Yeah. It goes Hallelujah or Hallelujah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, pick the poison. So, tell me what you do. Is there any reason or any like behind your bish? Your bish, your bish. I don't know. No. Kind of the way they're enunciating it. Uh that's probably just the way they enunciate things. Um, but one of my favorite my favorite lines throughout the whole thing is uh everybody gonna respect the shooter but the one in front of the gun lives forever mm-hmm. i just i thought that line was so cool and you said that literally almost in unison with it in my ear <laughs> <laughs> really uh, yes, I was, when i was mowing the lawn today re-listening to that i was like that's a just a good line yeah very for sure. um and then you know, money trade, money trees is the perfect plate for sh- money trees is the perfect played place for shade. Jesus, I can't talk. Uh, that's just how I feel. It's the nine percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a dollar might just fuck your main bitch. That's just how I feel. Yep. Yeah, I I love this song. This is another example of another great single. Actually, what's this a single? 
I don't think so. No, it wasn't. Which is, I was going to say, this is probably my sleeper. Like, not because it's not a well-known song or whatever, but it's not a single. It's probably the next catchiest song. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm, I'm almost looking at this album from like, what do I remember from April to now listening to it again? And Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe right away hit me. And then mm-hmm. this one was the next one to, to punch me. Yeah, yeah. It's It's got that really cool, like, spacey, West Coast, like, almost psychedelic uh, sample to it. Yep. And Kendrick kind of has this weird way, well, at least the, the way they produced it, where he has, like, different vocal inflections that make him sound like more than one person or have this this kind of different voice um to him so i thought that was very very interesting no, I can right, agree with like i said he gives kind of that like less whiny little wayne vibe with a lot of stuff but then sometimes he's talking or he's rapping and i'm like that don't even sound like him it's like a whole mm-hmm. different kind of, kind of push. Yeah. yeah yeah and then again at the end of the song you've got that little vocal snippet it's a voicemail from his mom trying to asking him you know where's my car at? You better not be uh, talking to that girl. And then you, you, his, his dad's in the back, you know, I want your body because yeah. that big old fat ass. <laughs> and then, then Domino's again. Yeah. Somebody say Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> so him kind of having this, you know, that little like lustful section mm-hmm. leads into poetic justice, which is the most lovey song on the album. It even features Drake, you know, 2012 Drake, which I think is one of the better versions of Drake. (laughs) Drake now, not so much, but, you know. But I've heard. I haven't dabbled, but I heard. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, God, this this song. Yeah, that sounds like a... Oh, but I'm almost thinking, like, I don't want to say TLC, but, like, that kind of, like, 90s R&B female group you know, with that, that little high girl. Yeah. Um, I think it's Janet Jackson that's sampling the song from. Maybe that's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe it's from her. Let me look that up more. Um, sampled. It yeah. Like- it's it, the song is Anytime, Anyplace by Janet Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's a complete 90s ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which makes um, sense. Poetic justice and Tupac and throwing in Janet Jackson and yeah, yeah, he definitely has. Oh, even the album cover um, of the single is in the similar style to you know the blacked out eyes. There's a picture of Janet Jackson and Tupac with the blacked out eyes uh, yeah. on the cover. So um, that's kind of interesting. But this, yeah, okay. this, yeah, this is a great song. You know, has one of the best, in my opinion. I think this is the best Drake verse he's ever spit on us on a feature. Um, you know, I really hope your girl play this because I'll go. She tests my patience and your big ass in that sundress. Oh, <laughs> I, I could rap the whole Drake verse. That's how many times I've listened to that song. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this song. It's it's going to be tough picking my favorite because I, I can gush over any of these tracks for an extended period of time especially drinking this all the way through too. Um, but then it kind of does that hard transition at the very end where 
either people in his gang or his friend group or whatever it is kind of find someone um he says oh you know what it is okay i actually just made this connection it starts with a you over here for shireen homie i don't care who he's over here for it's the two guys on the front step kind of interrogating kendrick and then um at the very end it's matter of fact get out the van homie get out the car before i snatch you at this homie i'm at at you snatch you out this motherfucker so they see him in the van kind of playing this song or whatever it is and they're you know gonna beat him up presumably and then that kind of is a bit of a hard transition and stylistically Mm -hmm. um so just a great way of structuring i I love the structure of this album yeah Um, again another single makes sense you know kind of a different vibe from the songs we've heard so far Mm -hmm. Um, but sampling a popular song from the 90s and then going into this and giving that vibe and labeling it after Tupac and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's a good, you're right, it's a good structure of a song in general. Yeah. And then even having Dr. Dre on the album in the first place is kind of a boat of confidence. Um, he even, I believe he signed to um, Dr. Dre's album or uh, label, uh, which is Aftermath Entertainment. Mm-hmm. um yes. so that's kind of a, a boat of confidence from him as well so to get that kind of production styles is pretty interesting yeah. um going into good kid uh which is kind of the the one-two hit from good kid into mad city um not necessarily my favorite song um in terms of the production it's pretty good you definitely got that west coast production on the song um but kind of a little bit repetitive doesn't really have the most solid of hooks um but i get the the theming behind the song the messaging and everything is is solid but not one of my favorite tracks no i will say that the opening portion that the kind of like keyboards or whatever you want to call them um i i remembered that from the original listen and it was like a kind of a catchy little like airy like that was catchy the song itself little monotonous yeah yeah so and it didn't have like any kind of outro section but i think that's on purpose to connect with mad city and mad city i think is i think this was the first song i ever heard off of the album I love that little inter- intersection or the intro section with Pyros and Crips all got along. They probably dumb it down by the end of the song. Every then that the little yeah 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 yeah. That's that's when they play that at the when he's performing live. It's the most like heavy shit of all time. It almost yeah, I was gonna say it builds up into it reminds me of like a little John song. Like it builds yeah. it up into like a, yeah you. yeah into a party. Brace yourself, I'll take you on a trip down memory lane. It's it's so great. So that sure. so this and I song think lends itself to being played live. I'm sure. Oh, for sure. I'm actually might be seeing Kendrick live this summer, hopefully. So hopefully we'll we'll see about that. So um but in terms of like the difference between Good Kid and Mad City, I think is done on purpose a little bit. Whether or not that helps or harms the album, it's up for debate. But the the way that mad city kind of goes all crazy and and hyped up and everything plays into that theme of you know mm-hmm. taking this style and making it more gangster or, or whatever you want yeah. it to, to call it 
Um, I think that was done intentionally. And I think yeah. this, this, this song in particular benefits a lot because of it. And it's just so great. MC8 does a pretty good job on it as well. Yeah, great, great lyricism, yeah. great, great flow. I think Kendrick has one of the best flows in the rap game, period. And um, just, yeah, one of my favorites on the album. It's going to be, again, it's going to be tough picking a favorite track because uh, there's so many. Like I said, I kind of had to go off of, when we get to that point, off more off of like what song stuck with me from last listen to this listen, mm-hmm. whereas you're a little more in depth and this is kind of more in your wheelhouse. So I can see the difficulty because, you know, listening back now on my third or fourth time through, like this is a great song. Oh yeah. And I will say though, it didn't stick with me maybe hook wise as much as some of the others did. Yep. Listening to it and the vibe in the story, like it's yeah, yeah, great song. <laughs> and also, I think in my opinion, got to be one of the best beat switch ups of all time. You know that that switch up it has like like right halfway through, it's just it's just so powerful. Yeah, I, I really I can't say to I just want to listen to it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I just want to listen to it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. it's like two different songs. In fact, I got fired because I was expired by all my friends to stage a robbery the third Saturday at Clockton. Great lyrics. This one, I think, sounds like the second half of this track sounds like the most West Coast rap, you know, period. I think, you know, he's like, cocaine, weed, we mixing shit since the 80s, yo. <laughs> one time crooked as shit. <laughs> uh, it's just so great. Yeah, me too. And then another great uh, ending section, you know, his his friends are kind of taking care of him after he got the shit kicked out of him by these two guys on the front step. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, different plots going on to this album, which is cool. I think Kendrick has one of the best, like, it, it almost feels like you're sitting down and watching a movie, the yeah, way yeah. he kind of crafts his albums. You know, you, you've... Exactly. You've got the plot of his mom kind of looking for her car and the dad kind of looking for his dominoes after he, uh, Kendrick left. So that's kind of a burden on Kendrick, that that nagging family connection. You've got the love interest and um, him trying to just fuck this girl no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got his friends kind of changing Kendrick to be more of a gangbanger and to be a bit more of a, on the, the dirtier side and, you know, robbing stuff and, and the, the, the violence that shows up later, you got these guys that beat that literal shit out of him. Um, It's, it's, there's so many little different things that it's the, the the way they weave together um, is just so interesting. And um, the, the end of this song is his friends taking care of him after he he gets beat up, you know, He's, they say, hey, Dot, you're good. Don't even trip. Just lay back and drink this. So assume, presumably just giving him a bottle of liquor to help him with the pain, which then leads into swimming pools drank, um, which is kind of a, 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 a anti-drinking song masked in a drinking song. Yeah. And um, this was the first like really, really big song from Kendrick. Um, I remember hearing this in the locker room. Uh, when I played football for a short amount of time, I remember hearing this with like two chains and like other artists at the time yeah. that were really big. It's sec- so it's the second single, but it's the first single off the actual album, not yes, 
defend it out. Yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and this is the extended cut, which isn't really that extended. It just adds like a little bit of a mini verse. Yeah. But um, I do I, remember listening to this say, one. Not as catchy though. Yeah. I don't know. Not as catchy as like I would say even backseat, back backseat, uh, back poetic or bitch. I don't think it's as catchy as any of them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, this was the lead single. Um, this was mixed by Dr. Dre. Uh, this really propelled Kendrick to mainstream popularity, pretty much. Uh, peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, charted for like 13, 14 weeks, whatever it was. Um, debuted on the Hot 100 at number 100 and progressed up to 32 at its peak. Um, it was in Grand Theft Auto V, a whole bunch of other video games. He performed it on SNL. Um, it won Best Hip Hop Video and Best Male Video at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards. A whole bunch of other stuff. So critically, this song was like the song for Kendrick. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I was saying, it's kind of like, you know, a drinking song, you know, you want to swimming pool full of liquor then they dive in you know but it's not well, really I, a pro drinking song is i can understand the, the the different chance where it's like whatever drank whatever yeah drank. i can oh, see well, that being like a chant or kind of go, yep. yeah um, yep. I, I don't know though i just i'm not seeing it as like a standout single but i mean i could just be wrong but the other ones i would take over it all day long I think this was the most trendy beat at the time, if that makes sense, because this was around 2012, 2013. You kind of had this um, glitz, more glitzy-ish. Yeah. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Almost, almost 10 years. Yeah. July 31st, 2012. Yeah. So there's a different like production style. You got to think of like what was popular yeah. at the time, kind of like that bling era of rap. Mm -hmm was kind of coming to an end right around that time chains and things like that like exactly it, it makes sense. yeah so just a, again another great single like i said and it also plays into the theming of the album so um he added the extended version onto the main album i don't know how i think that's where i'm at now oh that it's little like, like beat, it's got like a beat change and goes into another verse yeah um kind of unnecessary yeah so in terms of the story of the album that ends it off um and i think that's why you needed the extended bit because it kind of explains what's going on um you know he's like just when i thought i had enough then his friends decide oh they beat the shit out of our our friend we're gonna go kill them or whatever so i think they plot to go kill oh, these man. two guys that's where you hear all those like gunshots in the background. He said, we're going to pop that bitch too. He says, wait, hold up. I see someone. And then you hear like the driving and then you hear gunshots. And then he asked like, Dave, say something, Dave. And he said, these, these guys just killed my brother. And that's the end of the song. It's very, very powerful at the very end. Yep. And then um, jumps into sing about me. I'm dying of thirst, which easily has to be my sleeper for this album. Okay. It's, it's very long. It's almost 12 minutes. So I get, why you may not be a fan of it yeah but i like the drum beat at the beginning yeah it's a good pull 
I love the, I love the hook, you know, that little when the light shut off and it's my turn to settle down. It's kind of this nagging thing in the back because he was still in Compton while Section 80 came out. So he was becoming a bit of a rising star on his own. So he has family members and gang members and all these different people that are like, hey, when I'm dead or whatever, when I pass on, you know, write a song about me, put me in a lyric, you know, whatever. Make sure that my image lasts longer than I do. And so that's another thing that weighs on Kendrick as well. That's a whole other kind of thread that you need to put into the album. And so he just kind of puts it in this one big song. And each little verse is from a different member in Kendrick's life. So I think the first one is the guy that just died in the song before. The second one is his sister who like, you know, has to, you know, kind of be a prostitute on the streets to get that money. And then I don't know what the other ones are, but just i i think it's it's just a fantastic hip-hop song it is a bit long-winded again but the the lyrical substance is what makes this track miles above a lot of his contemporaries you know and you know it's got a deep enough meaning you know the the is the the production the greatest no but it it keeps that storyline going and i think that's all it really needed to do um yeah, I mean, you know me. Any anything that's going to be pushing twelve minutes is hard for me to just stay focused on. Yeah, of course. That's just me, though. Um, <laughs> no, I get it. You know, if I wasn't as crazy about Kendrick as I was, and it's I see also, a twelve-minute song, I would be like, "All right." It's mm, also a little it. monotonous. Of course, it doesn't change up very much. Mm-hmm. This you know, is one of those. And then the verse, and then the hook, and the verse, and it's kind of very formulaic in in this sense, and which is hard to be. You know, you've got some of his three or four minute songs that have a completely different beat change up halfway through, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, this this going on three four minutes in, and it's mm-hmm. this, this song is short. is almost too ambitious for its own good, you know. Um, you know, there's a beat switch up later in the track and there's, you know, a pretty long winded, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for thing at the very end, that little skit at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, the- I, it, it, it's, it's almost like he's going for like an entire like mini album in a song. Yeah, the beat change ups like eight minutes in. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, eight minutes to, before you hear any sort of a change up like Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting a little bored here or or just even if i'm not specifically focusing i'm not even noticing we're still in the same song you know what i mean yeah so i understand why you know non-hip-hop heads may not fuck with this song but i i really do i really do enjoy it um it's it, it really stretches to be this this artistic statement on its own and i think that's kind of cool and then um it's it's got this other aspect you know because it's called sing about me which is the first half and then it says i'm dying of thirst you know so it's this this tired of running tired of like trying to play this game that's not going to win out for anyone it's kind of kendrick's realization like oh shit maybe this lifestyle isn't what it's all cracked up to be I'm tired of, you know, I'm, I'm dying of thirst, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then it ends with these two people after 
they go through all this turmoil. Um, this this older woman, whoever it is, um, sees them on the corner, whatever it is, and she's like, "That's not what I think it is." You say you're dying of thirst. You need holy water, and then kind of converts them into being born again Christians. And if okay. you hear she, and then she like explains like, you know, you have to say, you know, repeat after me, Lord God, I I come to you a sinner. And that's what's what's really really interesting is that what the men say there kicks off the very very beginning. If you remember all the way back to Shireen, the the, the opener, it starts with the guys, you know, Lord God, I come to you a sinner. Uh, da 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 da. In Jesus' name, Amen. And then the song starts. So they take okay. that and then start the album off with it. So. It's, it's kind of interesting the the structure and why it was placed there mm-hmm. you know so yeah that kind of pullback yeah that foreshadowing almost exactly yeah and then uh, at the very end of the track she says all right now remember this day the start of a new life your real life jumping into real yeah um no I, like you said the connection between the skits into those following songs or even back into previous songs they he does a very, very good job with that kind of concept album idea. For sure. Telling a story front to end, end connecting with front, front connecting with end, you know? Yeah. That's, that's why I keep saying, like, every time I listen to this, it, it almost, like, I discover something new. Like, even on the end of, uh, um, I think it was Swimming Pools, when, or no, it was... Um, I think it was poetic justice where they talk about like, I'm going to talk about where you from, or are you going to talk about where I'm from? I didn't realize that was the guys at the front step. Like I just realized that in the, the recording of this. So every re-listen kind of uh, opens another avenue of, of thinking about what the storyline is and how that can relate to you and so on and so forth. But um, you know, to go from there, we jump in the track real. This is probably my least favorite track. Um, it's okay. It's definitely got its listenable ability, uh, parts to it. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of relating back to that storyline that we're talking about before, yeah, doesn't really reinforce too big of a, of a motive or whatever. Like, I, I get like, yes, this is the real you now. You're kind of changing your opinions as to what you think a, a positive outlook should look like. And, you know, but that hook, I just... I'm really, really real. I'm real. I'm real. It's like, all right, we we get it. Kind of annoying. Yeah, and the production isn't too standout either. Her, one of the things with him is he has a very unique voice that, you know, it's like I said, it teeters on the edge of annoying, but he does it well, so it's not. And I think she teeters on the edge of, she has a similar voice to him, but a female version. Okay. But it's a little more annoying. Yeah. So the them together, I, I don't know. I don't think they really complement each other. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. So like, I feel like her voice or maybe his voice makes her voice more annoying. Yeah, definitely. I could see what you mean there. Um, and this is also another kind of expedition, ex, exposition dump song. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got like in the middle of the track, the, the dad calls he's like hey just heard about uh your friend that just died i ain't tripping about no dominoes anymore don't worry about it and then kind of says like you gotta learn the hard way just because you kill a man doesn't make you a real man 
yep. real is responsibility real is taking care of your family real is god and that that kind of you know he goes through this metamorphosis of you like that word that was a big word of, of changing himself up and becoming a better person which you know i get it but in terms of a song itself uh it's not my favorite it's actually my least favorite if i had to pick one um yeah you get you get another voicemail at the very end too it's the the mother talking basically talking about the same things but she says oh top dog called the house too and top dog is the the guy that runs top dog entertainment um there's actually a really cool story i'll i'll go i'll go through it pretty quickly but the how top dog became friends with kendrick was um top dog in like the 80s or whatever it was um was about to rob a Popeye's chick or no it was a KFC um he's gonna rob it because he, he'd already robbed it before and he was just needed some money and the guy that was behind the counter didn't want to get robbed so he's like you listen I'll give you free food for a while just don't come in here and rob this because I kind of need the job and he's like okay and so him and the the guy became friends he kept coming in to get you know two extra biscuits or whatever and then they ended up meeting later down the road in a studio and it turns out the guy behind the counter was Kendrick's dad. And if he had killed him, you know, he Kendrick would have grown up without a father and he would have been completely different. And you wouldn't have this gigantic musical artist just because this guy didn't kill a guy at a KFC. So I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. There's a there's a whole track from Kendrick on uh, on the album Damn that he kind of explains that on. But um, his mom on this track is basically like, if you want to take this music seriously, um you know you got to be a bit more careful with what you do who you uh who you connect with all these other things if you want to make it big and so this realization i think takes kendrick out of the streets and changes him into a different person so um very very great connection with that but music wise not my favorite i got you i can agree with that so and kind of um, exactly yes <laughs> Oh yeah, seven minutes. Yeah, no, it doesn't didn't need to be that long. Um, but then, seven minutes. exactly. Yeah, then it all ends. Well, all ends with this track Compton with Dr. Dre. I'm not sure is Dr. Dre is from Compton or not. I'm gonna look that up right now. But I know he's definitely West Coast. Yeah. Um, you know, worked with NWA, worked with all these West Coast G funk artists. West Coast music, West Coast hip hop would be nothing with Doctor without Doctor Dre. He's done so much stuff. Um, yeah, he was born in Compton, and I think he actually has an album out called Compton. Yes, he does. So with Kendrick on it, so kind of a cool relation as well. So I think he has a great presence on the track as well. Um, I don't really listen to this track too much. He's got a very distinct rapping style. He's got a very distinct voice. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it, it's of, very catchy. Puts a lot of oomph into a song. Yeah, a lot of grit. Cause, yeah, because he doesn't have that like melodic or type of voice like that's like, oh, that sounds really good. It's almost just like so aggressive. You're like, oh, shit, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great lyrics, great pen game. Yeah. A lot of cool presence on the mic that you don't really get from too many different artists and just a, a definite legend even at this point in his career you know um so and then there's not too much like 
lyrical stuff but i think it's just like a big celebration you know like ain't no city quite like mine you know for good and for bad yeah um you know for better or for worse and i thought the, the the one of the cooler parts was at the very very end of this track um you can hear kendrick running out the door and he's saying mom i'm gonna use the van real quick be back 15 minutes and then you hear the door slam that's the end of the album yeah and so kind of relates to the to the beginning as well kind of um, exactly yeah um yeah no it's a great track again i don't really listen to it too much but I, I, I should, because it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good it track. It's a very catchy track. It's got a good little hook to it. It's got yeah. that, you know, it's got those different rappers that give it a different perspective and a different feel. Yeah. Um, and it's a very different song from the rest of the album, mm-hmm. but it does. I think it ends it well because it ends it almost like kind of party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, like a block party. It kind of ties all the themes together. It's like everything that you heard about was a product of Compton and you know whether or not you like it that's where you're from and you have those roots that changes you as a person down the road and I think everyone can kind of relate to that for no matter where they're from so um as the core album I think that's a great closer there is one more track one more track on the main album it's the bitch don't kill my vibe remix with Jay-Z um, not too much to talk about on this for me personally. However, I do want to say very, very cool choice by Kendrick to change up his his verse from the original Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. There's a completely different, there's two different verses, I think, from Kendrick on this song. The first and the, the last verse are all completely redone verses. And obviously Jay-Z as well. So yeah, when I played the album, I got the extended. So I just stopped at Compton and didn't actually have the remix of bitch don't kill my vibe mm-hmm. um so i've never heard it so i can't really say much on that <laughs> it's it's mainly the same thing there is a little bit of a souped up production as well there's a little tidbit that are different here and there but i think it is one of the better remixes to to come out um from this so and cool also to feature an east coast rapper in jay-z yeah, you know, yeah New York also guy. also a legend at that point too so mm-hmm. i think they have a cool chemistry on this as well cool um but yeah that is the whole album holy shit what an album i really really enjoyed it um even if i didn't listen to the album in its entirety when it came out uh yeah. the singles enough are just so powerful um and then later to come back like i said it's like an onion you you you, you get a little bit different every time and i think that's a, a, a great hallmark of a of just a fantastic album. So um yeah. All right. So let's uh let's throw some ratings in there. We're gonna do our favorite track first, actually. Oh uh, yeah, let's do that. It's been a while. Um, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick off some of the, the dust. Um I will start and I'm gonna pull a Joe side. I can't pick just one. Um I'm gonna pick I'll pick two because I want to be a little conservative. Um I'm gonna go with bitch don't kill my vibe, I think that's that's an easy one to pick yeah um you you really that's one of the best singles on this album of all time so that then it's tough to choose between mad city and uh poetic justice i'm gonna pick i'll pick poetic justice just because i I love the verses they just have a cool chemistry and i I love the the sample choice as well so I'll, i'll go with those two yeah, I'm going to do Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. I mean, just because in my opinion, it's like the first song on the album. Um, yeah. I'm not going to take away from the intro um, and the idea behind um, Shireen, uh 
Master Splinter's Daughter. Like it opens up the album well, but the first song, in my opinion, really comes out to be Bitch Don't Kill My yeah. Vibe. Um, and, and it's just shocked it's the last single. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Strange. Um, yeah. Which is a great, great catchy song. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite, if I had to pick one, I would say Real, just because, you know, yeah. Back on that. Yeah. I kind of already explained it. You know, the hook is not good. Um, her voice doesn't really complement well with Kendrick. The the production isn't anything to really write home about. And, you know, the meaning behind everything in the track is, is very good. That's why yeah. it's a little hard picking a least favorite for me on this. But if I had to pick one, yeah. Oh, it's, long. it's, it's also very long. Yeah, seven minutes. And the funniest thing that I just want to throw in before we move on is it has the least amount of writers on it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like every song has minimum of like five different people writing or no, actually uh good kid has two. It's Duckworth and, and or two, which is Kendrick and Pharrell. Yeah. Um, but, and then swimming pools actually too, but it's just this other guy. I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of thrown together. And threw out the yeah. Way. Yeah. You can do it. Um, Sleepy dark however, horse. yes, our sleepy dark horse. Um, I'm going to go with, Sing about me, I'm dying of thirst. Now, again, it's 12 minutes. It's very, very long. I understand that. But from what the track brings, um, all these different layers, all of these different kind of motives and keeping the track going as well, uh, kind of talking about Kendrick's nagging like ability to maybe not save people, but to honor their legacy. And there's so many people because, you know, just the, the community he surrounded himself with everyone wants to be on on a on a song so um it definitely writes home to him um a lot and i think you know it's a bit later in the track list it's a bit longer people may not gravitate towards it but i i definitely definitely enjoy it um and yeah it's not a single so i'm gonna have to go with uh ooh, let's see so not a single tough yeah tough. backseat freestyle was so good too um, that, that's one of my favorites and i hate to go with it because it's it was a single well let's see what's not a freestyle um money trees was not a fr- uh, was not a single yeah mad money city was not a free uh, was not a single compton was not a single i think i'm gonna go with compton um as much as originally i would have loved to double up with like backstreet freestyle because that was probably my second favorite song on the album uh, but being a single, I definitely like Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe better. To yeah. go with a song that's not a single as a sleeper, be- Compton, uh, it's just Dr. Dre killed it. Um, it was a great way to end. It was kind of a different song from the entire rest of the album. Um, and I lost a little bit of focus because at that point it went to the recipe because I was playing the extended version. So mm-hmm. I really didn't get that ending until we just did it now. Yeah. And kind of said, hey, this is the end of the song. This is why this is the end of the album. Um, and I think Compton was a great way to end that album. And to not be a single when you have Dr. Dre on your album is is kind of a little strange, like odd to me. Like you'd think you'd push that as a single. Yeah. Um, it was a great song. It had a great catch, great hook, um, great verses. So yeah, I got to go with Compton. Yeah, good choice. I can't really uh, say too much about that um yeah let's let's give it some ratings um i'll start yeah Yeah. i've i've gushed about this album for however long we've done this episode 
Um, so I, I'll, I'll sum it up really quickly. I'm going to give it a nine. I think it's a, a great, great album. Great listen. So many of Kendrick's best songs are on here. And not only to have that great production, to have a story that goes with it, with all these different interlacing things that have different B and C and even like D plots uh, of things that are nagging at Kendrick's psyche in the background. Um, and also this is just his second album and really pushed him into the spotlight is, is so good to do it so young. And, um, you know, his pen game is just immaculate. So great. Uh, like I said, production top notch, really can't beat it. A lot of, a lot of great tracks on this album. Um, it's surprisingly not my favorite Kendrick album, but we will get there eventually, but holy shit. Yeah. It's a nine for me. Just a great album. Nice. Um, I'm definitely not going to be that high um, only because obviously this is not my wheelhouse of music. I'm not saying I don't like it. Um, If it's on and there are times where I'm in the the mood to to vibe with this kind of music, this kind of modern hip hop, um, but it's not a go-to for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that a definite push was the kind of the lyricism and like the story being told. And, you know, you did it with Tyler, the creator, you do such a great job of explaining it. And by the end of the podcast, I've usually bumped my rating up a little (laughs) bit because of, you know, some of the stuff that I don't catch because this is just not my, my wheelhouse for music. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go to seven and a half. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that I'm running out to listen to or, or necessarily choosing to listen to on my own. Um, but I'm glad you bring it here because it gives me a whole different perspective and a whole different like appreciation for this style of music. Um, and I think that, you know, just a great top to bottom album. Um, I definitely, I listened to the extended version versus the regular. I got to say, I got to go with the regular because the extended version just drags too much. And then I start to kind of lose appreciation for the rest of the album because I'm two hours later and I forgot about what I listened to. Um, but I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half. Like Kendrick is, is a, is a great rapper. Um, you know, definitely has his place in, uh, in, in this modern hip hop kind of rap style mm-hmm. um, to bring on Dr. Dre to get Jay-Z in there things like that um he just he does a great job yeah even mary j blige in the the features but even to have like the foresight to have drake on there too yeah and you know the the feature list isn't that long but you know he's one of the biggest artists period Mm -hmm. you know even all time so to have that is is a pretty cool addition as well but the 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 huge praise uh, lobbed its way is definitely warranted. And I will agree that it's a classic. It's definitely a classic album. Not even barely, not even 10 years after its release. So um, yeah, I love this album, but um, let's talk about evil orange cats. The, uh, the 9% West coast style IPA. Um, like we said, it's a bit after it's can by date. So some of those flavors are a little bit gone, but I do have the memory of when it was still pretty fresh. Um, yeah. So again, it's 9%. It's very heavy and it's a West coast. So a lot of those things may not stack up to a good beer, but I think it's a very good beer. Um, if you're having it fresh, I would probably get it a seven. 
Okay. I think it has a lot of cool characteristics to it. You don't really, like Mike was saying, you don't really taste too much of a booziness from it. You know, you obviously you get a little bit because it's nine percent, but I think the way it masks it is is pretty strong. So, um, well. yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. I think is is right where I want to be. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not a huge West Coast IPA fan. No, me either. Um, and you know, double IPAs, they got to be done right for me. Um, I think I'm going to six and a half. Um, you know, not, not terrible. I did like it. I remember it being a little more fresh and it did taste much better. It tasted better then. Um, I just, I don't know something about fat orange cat is not my favorite brewer. Um, <gasps> I know, I know. Um, you know, I and maybe that's a little bit of bias in my ratings. Um, you know, it definitely could be. Um, I just haven't had like the best experiences with their beers. You know, I do like the baby kittens. I think it's a good IPA. Um, it's not one that I'm going to buy over others, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought this was kind of they did a good job with an Imperial. They did a good job with a double and not making it too boozy and too like, I want to say undrinkable. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. they can really be like, you're choking down your last couple of sips. I had one this last weekend with uh, your cousin, Kurt. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that we were pretty lit up before we had it made it easier to drink. And I still think, and you know me, I don't abuse alcohol. I still poured, I think the last two inches out into the water and grabbed a Bud Light to rinse my mouth out because mm -hmm. it was too boozy. You know, it, yeah. was, it was a 9% double IPA. Um, so I'll give him credit for that. But I don't know. It didn't have an X factor for me. It didn't have like a wow. Uh, I don't know. There wasn't a flavor that stuck out like, wow, this was a really good addition to this. I just thought it was solid, you know, which is where kind of the 6.5 yeah. comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, plus it's a collaboration, so there's there's probably a lot of different factors at play. So yeah, and and we haven't had the best of luck with Evil Twin. Um, <laughs> they've been, the they've definitely been hit or miss. Yeah, we, we've yeah, I, I can say that. So you know, and I and I kind of personally feel the same way with Fat Orange Cat. So I think if you're going for like a hit and a miss, they kind of met in the middle, and it was just it was not bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um yeah let's give them some shout outs then um so i've got the the two breweries on instagram uh fat orange cat brew co on instagram um i don't know what their website is fat orange cat brew co.com and uh evil twin brewing nyc um is their their instagram um yeah i believe they're just at evil brewing.com i could be wrong but um kendrick lamar is just kendrick lamar and everything um, he's going on tour right now for the Mr. Morale, the Big Steppers tour. I may be going to see him. It depends on scheduling stuff out. Um, I might be going to see him in Long Island. I think he's doing a, a thing there at the the, the whatever college is down there. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we will see him and I will get to see Mad City live. That'll be a, a great time. So uh, yeah, episode 94 will come out next Sunday. We will see. It'll probably be Joe and I, I think. We'll probably have to figure something out. But maybe we will get everyone on in the future. I might be back. <laughs> you might be. We'll, we'll, we'll try to figure it out. But um, yeah, yeah. So. Glad we made this work. 
yeah, yeah, this is, this is a good time. So thank you for, for coming on as well. Thank you for listening or watching if you're on YouTube or Spotify. Um, so you got that visual aspect. Whoa, you know, put on your 3D glasses now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hops and Bobs podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere. Oh, your 3D glasses. Look at those with the big frames. Are there anything in there? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, Sp- uh, Hops and Bobs podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, 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 other streaming platforms that are on. I yeah. probably could find a list, but I don't want to. If you have a streaming platform that you listen to podcasts on, you'll find us on there. Yeah, ask Joe Sod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube, all of those other good kind of media platforms. We're all on there. And we will see you next time. For, for, for Mike, I'm Tom. We'll see you then. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah.